What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Bold Call Fantasy Football Podcast. This is part two of our players to avoid in every round of your draft. We're talking rounds five through eight, and we're looking at players to avoid at their current ADP. This is important stuff, so stick around. All right, let's move on to round five, Shane. Pat Mahomes. George Kittle, Lamar Jackson, DK Metcalf, Brandon Cooks, David Montgomery, Rashad Bateman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Darnell Mooney, J.K. Dobbins, Kyler Murray, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, the first thing I would just generally say is like, you know, wide receiver, quarterback. It's a little soon for quarterbacks for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to, I will never, I'm not going to cheat this show by choosing a quarterback as the bad pick, that's cheating. Not doing that. Mm -hmm. But no, don't take quarterbacks here. That's number one. Number two, I'm a little surprised to see George Kittle going this soon. Like just a little, just looking at the, I love George Kittle as a player, but I think this is a little bit high for him. A little high for him, for, for my opinion. But I don't like any of those guys, uh, to be quite honest. But actually, I'm going to throw it over to you. Why don't you give me your first player in round five to avoid? Oh, man. So this one pains me as well. But the player that I've highlighted here that is just there's too many question marks is J.K. Dobbins. I mean, we saw just this week that Ian Rappaport came out and said that J.K. Dobbins' knee is no sure thing to be ready for week one due to the torn ACL from last year. You know what? And, By the way, the, but yeah, it's so long. Like, even for it to be in question, we're talking a full... 12, 13 months for an ACL tear. What is going on with but this it, kid's rehab? It, it wasn't just the ACL. It was the LCL as well. And apparently, so I'm no doctor, but basically, so J- Dr. Jesse Morse, he's somebody that I've had on my shows in the past. He's a f- fantasy football doctor on Twitter, okay? He was talking about, so ACL is a common non-contact injury, whereas the LCL, which is on the outside of your knee, that's very uncommon because what happens is that it's when your knee buckles outward typically your knee will buckle inward it only will buckle outward when you've got contact hitting the knee to go outward so it's acl tore and it's lcl tore so it's a significantly worse injury than a standard acl injury okay so that's the reason why it's taking so long for him to heal okay but here's the thing so jk Dobbins did said this is what he responded to Mr. Ian Rappaport. He said, I might not even go on pup because that's how good my rehab is going. And I'm damn sure going to be ready for week one. So I don't know what to think. Here, here's what I say, by the way. Let's believe J.K. Dobbins. Like Ian uh, Rap, Rappaport is not yeah. a credible. Uh, a credible no. That's no Schefter. Okay. Rappaport is not credible. He's just He just spews whatever anybody tells him. I, I think you got to believe J.K. Dobbins here, but there's definitely that's yeah. a red flag. You should be healed up by now. I don't care what kind of, you know, mm-hmm. if Cam Akers can come back from a torn Achilles, you know, two, three weeks later, then anything's possible. Yeah, I just no, what, you got to react that I said two, three weeks because yeah. it felt like it was two, three weeks. It was it was three months later, but I was just so, so here's something that's interesting that uh, we were kind of discussing in, in a separate chat. It's just the fact that. And it hasn't really been discussed very much, Kevin, but this year the NFL did change the pup rules where it's no longer six weeks or you're on the pup. It's only four weeks. So 
even if a player does go on the pop, it's it's a little different than in previous seasons where you're on the pop list for six weeks. If Still he's don't advocate drafting all, injured players. If if he's on a pop at all, it's a risk. Yeah, that's a major red flag. If he's not practicing in training camp, training camp rookies reporting now today, mm-hmm. veterans next week. If if um if he's not train in training camp. That's a major problem. That that's yeah. I don't want a running back who starts the season on the pop. That's that's a disaster. That that injury flares up. You know, you didn't practice on it enough. All of a sudden, it's flared up. Week two, he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out of the of the lineup. That that's a that's a no go. So yeah, I understand why you're you're throwing up some caution flags on J.K. Dobbins here. And I yeah, I mean, you could get Josh Jacobs a few picks later, and he's probably just the same guy, but. Without the injury concern, Elijah Mitchell plays a similar role. Yeah. So for his team, there, there's definitely running backs you could take a few picks later that you're going to be safer with. Um, Dobbins has a lot of talent. He's got a little more upside, but um, you know, there's there's definitely that re-injury risk. We'll have to wait. I think this is one we're going to wait and see on. And like, especially most people are drafting in mid to late August. At that point, we'll have a lot more knowledge, and he's going to massively mm-hmm. move in his ADP. Um, all right. You want to have, this is my favorite avoid of the entire fantasy football season. There you go. The most obvious, the most blatant avoid. This avoid can only come back to burn me. If this <laughs> team switches quarterbacks between now and this, which might happen, mm-hmm. it might happen. So I'm not saying it ain't going to happen. But as of now, and it's funny, and this player has dropped in ADP massively since I started avoiding him when oh, he was yeah. WR 16 and 18. So I've gotten everybody off of this guy all offseason. If you've been best balling, I've been yelling and screaming about this player for months. But now he's dropped a little bit. He's approaching where he should be going, but still a little too high. Still a little too high. I'm still fading. DK Metcalf in round five, WR 24, still a top, you know, a WR two for all intents and purposes. So just so I can under, why am I fading? Well, what are you talking about? DK Metcalf, he's got all the talent, blah, blah, blah. He runs a four, four. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Last season, this guy didn't even get a thousand yards with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Russell Wilson. Now he's switching up Russ for Geno Smith. Geno fucking Smith on a team that is clearly and purposefully looking to tank a season to get a new quarterback. Now, again, all of this changes if Jimmy Garoppolo makes his way to Seattle. Please, Lord. I think it will happen because why wouldn't they? pick up Jimmy Garoppolo. Like it doesn't make sense to me unless they're active. I think you're tanking even with Jimmy Garoppolo, but like this version of tanking where you're like, now nah, we're fine with Geno Smith or Drew, Drew Locke. Locke. Drew Locke was number 34 out of a 32 eligible starting quarterbacks. Like this guy was <laughs> worse than backups in efficiency. He's the, uh, he's unbelievably bad. And the only guy worse would be Geno Smith. Now everybody's making an argument that for the couple of games that Geno played last year, that DK Metcalf had a couple good games. That's some noisy variance that you want to fade like 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 the wind. 
Okay, you don't want a quarterback. Uh, you don't want a player, a wide receiver connected to Geno Smith or Drew Locke. We saw what Drew Locke did to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy over the last couple of years. We've seen just Geno Smith being horrible um, as a quarterback. These these backups can come in for a game or two and look mildly competent, and then it all falls apart. There's a reason that Geno Smith has never even sniffed being a starter in the National Football League. I don't understand. DK Metcalf is literally living off of reputation right here. Just people who know the name. The, the, I call those donkeys. They're fucking donkeys. They know the name. So like, oh, I've heard of him. Like how you've heard of him. So you're drafting like, okay, I get that you've heard of him. Are you familiar with Geno Smith as a quarterback? Now, again, all of this can change on a dime. If Jimmy Garoppolo makes his way to Seattle, which isn't in the works right now, it just makes logical sense that that will happen. I still think it might happen, but there's also a real possibility that the Seattle ownership wants to lose so they can get one of those two super elite quarterbacks. That's how you lose. You lose Russell Wilson. You want to, you know how the, you want to do it. Like yeah. the Colts did it like Peyton Manning gone, Andrew Luck in boom, you know, outside of, uh, you know, what happened with luck. They had a very real shot at next dynasty beginning one year gap. Seattle can do it if they tank the season. So I think they want to. And I think maybe that's if they're going to the season with Gino and Drew Locke, they're absolutely telling you, no, we're 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 not planning to win games this year. We're here to lose. Hundred percent. The only <clears throat> the only caveat would be the only way Jimmy G goes onto the Seattle Seahawks, probably, is if he gets cut. Because I don't really see the Niners trading in division. You know, I've heard that I've Jimmy heard G. that argument but, that in division are I don't believe in it. I don't agree with it. You know who traded yeah. in, remember Miami sent Wes Welker to the Patriots for a second round pick. Like you give me a pick. I don't care that you're my, I don't think, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's the thing. I, that individual. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you because you cut the guy, you get zilch, nothing, nada. Say you get, say you get a seventh round pick. Isn't that better than nothing? If you know, he's going to end up on Seattle anyways, you might as well just do it. Yeah. Well, I I think they'd get more for him, but at this point, it doesn't even like, there's no other team in the NFL that is a candidate unless there's a training camp injury. There's no other candidate to trade him to nothing. Every team no. is settled at quarterback, even Atlanta with Marcus Mariota. They're like, no, we're good. They're so, going to give. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta's going to give Desmond Ritter. If, Mar if Mariota falls flat in his face, they'll give I think Ritter Mariota a chance. Might be good. Uh, it's separate. That's a, another yeah, discussion. Yeah. Another day. Yeah. Mariota might be good. Might be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He might. Be. I think I think he's got a little. I mean, people laughed at me when I said Ryan Tannehill might be good. Like he's got a little Ryan Tannehill in his in his bloodline. I do remember there was a game where Derek Carr got hurt last. I think it was yeah, last and season. Ryan Ta and Mariota came and in and did great. Yeah. By the he way, did. you know why I remember that? Because that led to a million dollar winner on the showdown. Because we've been preaching wow. play the backup quarterback on the showdowns for years, and somebody wow. played Mariota. So so like that happens. Dang. That happens. Could you right? dance? Could you imagine one, just dancing for dollars. Joe? I can imagine. I love we it. We do it every time. By the way, every single Nothing. at this point, because of that million dollars, it only takes once. There, there was like three times last season where a backup came in and and was in the nuts lineup. It was crazy. So uh, backup quarterback. It happens all the time with running back. So it's one of those things where people are like, how did you know to play Marcus Mariota? Because we do it every week. Mm -hmm. Like we just do that. You know, throw away a lineup. Anyway, all right. That does it for round five.
we're coming towards the end of this. But you've already got a ton of value out of this breakdown. Because if you're just avoiding these guys, just take the other people in ADP in those zones. You're already going to have a strong draft. Um, yep. and, and if you like this type of content, guys, whoever's watching, remember to like and subscribe to the channel. We need your likes. It really helps us out. Um, the subscribe to the channel. You got to smash the notifications button. Help us out. If you have questions, you. ask your questions because we're yeah. going to jump on in the chat. We're going to talk to you. And we're going to coach That's you. Right. Actually, and drop your favorite fade for each round in the comment section below. We'll comment. We'll talk about it in a future video. But I love to see those fades. Who do you guys like? It's part of the reason we're showing you the round. Tell us who you do. If you disagree, if you love some of these players, you think that DK Metcalf is going to smash this year, put that comment in there. Let me know why. Tell me why. Convince me. Listen, I can be convinced, Shane. I'll I believe be it when convinced. I see it, but maybe. No, I, I, I can be convinced all that. I change my mind. Yeah. You convince me, I'm in. You're a very pragmatic person, Kevin. You're, you use your brain, you use logic a lot of the time. I, I tend to, I'm like a salmon. I'm going up the river sometimes. You know, I like to see these things, but you, you tend to be pretty pragmatic with your takes. So, no, like, you gotta, you gotta, this is fantasy football. You, uh, first of all, I'm doing this for 20 plus years. I've lived through it enough times. I've seen these situations. They start to repeat themselves. And that's the beauty. I, like, I, I have all these situations, speculation, hopium. There's a lot of hopium. Everybody's smoking the hopium. Oh, it's so good. I have so much hope. But here's the thing. You you can't over allow. Like I had a hope. One year I got crazy high on the Kenyon Drake hopium. Like he was oh he was looked God. so great. That fucked me. Like you just allow one mistake like that fucked so many dynasty teams. So many different oh. situations. A whole season was lost to Kenyon Drake because he looks so amazing. You know, that's the hopium. I'm trying to avoid those spots. And I'm trying to say, hey, that that you know, what is what is um, what is Gabriel Davis? That's a hopium play. That's like you know, we saw a couple big games, and we think that's going to keep happening. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the reality on on the ground now. Here we go, round six. You ready for this? Round six, according to Underdog ADP: Josh Jacobs, Chris Godwin, Jalen Hurts, quarterback, Elijah Mitchell, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, tight end. A little early. A.J. Dillon, backup running back. Adam Thielen, Russell Gage. Elijah Moore. Joe Burrow. Devonta Smith. There are some serious avoids in this round. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Some very serious avoids that we got to get into. I'm going to throw. Why don't you take take the first one? Who do you got? Round okay, so this. Yeah. So this is a player that we talked about. I'm not going to get into this. This isn't my player because this one's too easy. It's Chris Godwin. Avoid Chris Godwin, okay? Yeah. You were talking about this. This is maybe a controversial pick, but Dalton Schultz going in round six, to me, is a little too rich for my blood. And it's all about, not that Dalton Schultz is going to have a bad season. But you just skip from Chris Godwin to Schultz. Just like, Godwin is so obvious. No, it's too even... obvious. Dude, all right. we've just literally quick, talked about Chris Godwin in every take, single show. Yeah, don't take injured Don't draft Chris Godwin. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do that. Just don't do that. So yeah. uh, I'll allow the punt on Chris Godwin and like, yes, <laughs> too much. don't take too Chris obvious. Godwin. Don't be stupid. He's not yeah, starting yeah. this year. He's not starting. That means he's coming into the season injured. We don't take players that are injured coming into the season. When If you just not do that, you're going to be in good shape. 
everybody, AJ Green two years ago, Michael Thomas last year. You were told not to take these guys. Don't take injured guys coming into the season. All right, let's talk Dalton Schultz. Okay, let's talk Dalton yeah. Schultz. So this guy, he's a little controversial because, yes, he was amazing last year, and, yes, I think he's going to have a good season this year. The problem is you can get guys like Dallas Godert, Goddard, Godert, Goddard, in round nine. I, yeah. I'm a Goddard guy myself. TJ Hawkinson is going a full Dallas round later. God, Goddard. Comma. He's a God. Semicolon. Ert. <laughs> I don't think I've ever called call him Dallas Goddard in my life until today. But yeah, so Dallas Goddard a few rounds later. Listen, I like Dalton Schultz. By the we way, I thought that was just the... your Canadian accent coming out like, oh, yeah. No, I hate, I hate Yeah. When people can say Goddard. picking players. I, I like Dallas Goddard. I'm a Dallas Goddard kind of guy. That's almost like. Wait, don't oh, don't make fun. Don't do You're accents. not allowed to do a Canadian make hey, fun of it Hey, don't you know? Accent. You got to take the you... Dallas Goddard. I, don't even, you, I can't you even gotta... do Canadian. I'm bad at Canadian accents. You go into Newfoundland. All right, go ahead. Going to Newfie, anyways. Dallas Goddard, T.J. Hawkinson. Don't don't pay round six price on on Dalton Schultz just because he's kind of fun. He's kind of sexy. There's that recency bias. Yes, we know Amari Cooper's gone, so he's gonna get targets, but he's also gonna have to get in the end zone a lot to pay off this round six value. And there's other players that we don't like, but there's some really good players in this round. There's Jalen Hurts in this round. There's Elijah Elijah Mitchell in this round. Russell Gage, Elijah Moore, which, oh, my God. Did you hear Elijah Moore's up to 190? He was 178 last year. Oh, my God. That's a whole different conversation. Elijah Moore, his metrics don't even – I could oh. we make a whole episode on that. This guy Just has some yeah. of the best wide receiver <clears throat> metrics we've literally ever seen in the national football. His separation, it's crazy. So, so Dalton Schultz. With, with Schultz. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my thing. The reason he's going this high is because – Cowboys have no one, right? They, they, yeah. it's, it's CeeDee Lamb and no one else to catch passes. Um, I happen to love, love, love the rookie, Jalen Turbot. Jalen Turbot, we were just talking about him, mm-hmm. and he's one of the best sleeper values in the entire um, draft this year. But with Schultz, I think it's legit. He will be getting more targets, but the argument is sound in the sense that TE6 in round six, when you can get guys like Zach Ertz, in round 10 or Dallas Goddard in round nine, that's or, or Dawson Knox in nine or eight. That's the issue with Schultz up here. It's just, he's not that different of a pick than the Hawkinsons or, or even the guy, like I said, I love Zach Ertz this year. He's going TE 11 or 12. I think Zach Ertz will outscore or, or do just as well as Dalton Schultz. So why waste a pick when Elijah Moore is on the board, when Amari Cooper, or Elijah Mitchell, or, or, or these guys are still there. Why waste the pick on a tight end? That's the argument. It's like yeah. I think Schultz is great, but he, he finishes a tight end pick on a tight end. Yeah, he finishes a tight end five last year, scoring about 12 points per game. You look at the tight end 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, all around nine points per game. Yeah, it's not, it's not, there's not it's enough. Not, it's, yeah, it's not enough juice. Here. Yeah, which is why, by the way, I'm very much against outside of Kelsey and Mark Andrews taking. Any of any of the tight ends between three and seven or eight in these rounds. Just as soon as you didn't take Andrews or Kelsey, you just you, get you a wait. Goddard, get a get a Zach Ertz type, and and move on. There's great tight ends, Albert uh, Albert O in the mid, you know, yeah, Boonham, uh, David and Joker. Yeah, there are so good. many good tight ends this year. It's really weird. No reason to take one of these guys this early, and there aren't that many good. Running back, oh, like wide receivers. Take a wide receiver here. Take Amari Cooper. Yes. Or Russell, well, not Russell Gage. 
because you take Alan Lazard over Gage. But anyway, take Adam Thielen here. It's fine. One more player I want to mention in round six, and then we'll move on to round seven. Devonta Smith. This is a hopium. This is this is more hopium, right? Devonta Smith has no business. Listen, he's an he's a great talent, but he runs. He's a deep ball guy, playing with a quarterback that has no deep. He cannot throw it far. He can't. He's got little hands like this. See this hand? This is a hand that never did a day of work in its life, by the way. Like, <laughs> you know how you deal with like railroad workers and they got all like grizzled fucking hands in Canada. And it's all like, it's all like, you know, uh, it's all, it's, it, it's all beat up and it looks like it's a gnarled. Foot. Yeah. It's all gnarled. It looks calluses. Like Look at this hand. Yeah. Not a single callus on it. This is like if a baby was born and you touch the hand, that's the same softness. Kevin, I don't, I don't know if you know what I'm talking uh, about. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know if, but I don't, I don't know even if you're know. a Seinfeld guy. Do you remember George Costanza was a hand model? Yes, you yeah, could be a hand model. That could be you. You're, you're I could in New York be a City. Hand model. Or just New York yeah, City. I'm perfect. told. I'm told, and and yeah, no callus. <laughs> so, Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Hurts, he's got the little hands, man. He's got no deep ball accuracy, and Devonta Smith is just going to ruin your fantasy team. He's mm-hmm. ruining it. And the worst part is, you feel like you have to start him because he's got the name. He's got the first round draft equity and you took him too soon in your fantasy draft. So now you're, you're, he's, he's playing, but he's disappointing. It's, and now he's competing with AJ Brown. Oh, it wasn't bad enough when he only had to compete with, he didn't do shit with Rager and like guys who literally could not catch a pass on the team. He didn't do anything. Terrible year. Now, by the way, you know how many touchdowns Jalen Hurts is throwing for per game? Like one a game. 1.2. 1.2. That's just like, uh, again, Matthew Stafford's throwing for 2.7 touchdowns. Tom Brady's throwing for 3.5 touchdowns. And, and, and this guy is throwing for 1.2. Jalen Hurts takes the touchdowns for himself. Now you've got A.J. Brown on the team. You've got Dallas God, semicolon, Ert on the team. Like, come on. Where is the scoring coming from? I love Devonta Smith as a player. He's a good player. The situation is not good for him this year. Let another sucker take him. Let a sucker take him and you take someone better, right? Actually win your league. That's what I'm trying to do here, Shane. I'm trying to force the people to win their leagues. Just listen to the geek. That's all you got to do. You ready for round seven, Shane? Let's do round seven, baby. All right. This is a, this one is chock full of turds. Mm-hmm. Round seven needs its own show. It's crazy. Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Hopkins, Drake London, Russell Wilson, Miles Sanders, Hunter Renfro, Trey Lance, Alan Lazard, Highlight, Bold, Michael Thomas, Tony Pollard, Tom Brady, Christian Kirk. That's your round seven group. You're gonna find a flaming bag of round seven on your porch. If you drop one of these guys, it's oh just, my it's gosh, painful. so many turds in here. There are, I almost want to talk about the good players in round seven. Like they're all turds except for this guy. Like everybody, but La- Lazard is bad. No, we're not going to do that. There's a couple of players I like here, but there are some serious red flags, 
serious red flag. I'll let you start us off with the injured guy because I know you like to mention the injured guys. The injured Actually, guys, not the injured, but the guy missing the yeah, first six, six games. games. DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, what what was his injury last year? He had the MCLs, right? So he tore his MCL in week 14. He got surgery shortly thereafter. So he still is recovering from the knee surgery. It's not going to be a big deal because guess what? He's missing six games because of PEDs. So can I tell you something though? I, I believe, hmm. you know, he usually players deny the PED thing and I don't believe them. Hmm. I feel like I believe Hopkins I when he says like too. when he says he didn't do anything, I feel like I, I believe it. I don't know why. Like I got fooled. I don't know what's going on. Like I kind of think like, yeah, I don't think he did it. Man, it's just because you know what it is, and I don't know if this is a good thing or if I like he just seems like such a nice dude right like very well rounded like his, his mom comes every game and she, i think she's blind he gives her a, 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 the football every time he touches a touchdown like he's just a nice dude i, just, I didn't and, even I mean, know he, about the mom story i didn't even yeah, know that. so it's just he's just a cool i guy, like man. yeah i believe him i'm so weird i'm such a sucker i'm like I yeah believe me too I so anyway regardless of that he's not gonna play for six weeks that's an easy one right yeah don't what are you taking guys you're gonna wait till week seven I mean, okay, but like, you know, by week seven, you've already lost your league anyway. So, you know, what are you going to make a comeback? Remember what happens when players come back from being out for six weeks? They oh, got to work him back in. The hammy gets hurt because he hasn't been playing and he didn't get the training camp. It, it's a real bummer when a player is out for multiple weeks. They 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 often have little issues. And here's the thing people don't for, forget, or they tend to forget with these suspensions. It's not like, oh, DeAndre Hopkins is practicing with the team. He's in the facilities. He's in the room watching game tape with the rest of his teammates. He's literally not on the property for six weeks. It's not good. He's a ghost. Yeah, it's it's bad. By the time he's back up to speed, like he comes back to the team. Now he's back. It's, it's going to be week eight or nine. Now you're three weeks away from your fantasy playoffs. Hey, it's great to have you know, DeAndre right in on the white horse, but he wasn't that great anyway last year, but like, he'll be a nice asset. If you take him and you stash him on your bench, especially Shaoli, he's taken up a spot that could have been like a backup running back that might start a few games for you. I think he'll I have do a question. I have a question for you, Kevin, just from a strategy perspective, I think I know the answer to this, but I want to make sure that people know. Okay. So we advocate don't draft hurt players and don't draft guys who are suspended to start the season because waiver wire time is important. Bye weeks start hitting, but the bye weeks actually are a little bit later this year. This year, the first bye week is week six. Previous years it was week four. Does that change your strategy for players like this, or even guys who are expected to miss maybe a couple of games, like a J.K. Dobbins? Does that come into the equation, I, or I just kind of like it's too much? No, I don't mind. I don't mind players that are th- going to miss a few games. Yeah, that's another story. So, like, I'll give you an example. Like, Alvin Kamara, I'm down. I'm drafting that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he might miss three games. I don't give a shit. Like, I can I can weather that. Um, the injured guys are way worse. And, 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 and especially someone like Hopkins. Again, being out six weeks, the problem is when you come back, you're not up to speed. So mm-hmm. you waste the spot. It takes to week eight, week nine. Once you know it's that long, six weeks, that's too long. Because yep. again, it takes two weeks and then you're not comfortable starting here. And then you're only getting use out of the guy from week eight or nine. Now, what happens if your team gets two other injuries? Now mm. I've got to have to deal with stuff. So I like to be more diversified unless the bargain is so extreme. So it's not so much about the bench spot. It's more yeah. about like when you're taking DeAndre Hopkins here, you know, you're leaving some pretty good players on the board. And we'll talk about some of these guys. Um, Kadarius Tony is still available. You know, Alan Lazard is still available. 
Your guy. Lazard. He's on every team. But here's another guy that I'm going to be avoiding in round seven. He's right at the top of the round. I'm not cheating with the last guy in the round. <laughs> That's not how we do it. The first guy in the round, Antonio Gibson, RB25 off the board, right? Listen, this is a sketchy pick. I hate Antonio. You got him on your fishbowl team, I think. I, I do not like Antonio Gibson at all this year. Here's the thing. We've been hoping hopium is the theme of this. Can you like mm -hmm. let's let's thumbnail this with somebody smoking hopium? Hopium. Like just like hope coming out of a pipe. <laughs> right? Hopium. We hoped that Antonio Gibson, this converted wide receiver, was going to turn into this amazing pass catching running back, right? But what's happened? What's the reality that our eyes have told has told our eyes have seen with Antonio Gibson? The reality is he has not emerged as a pass catching by any stretch. As a matter of fact, he's been playing the two down grinder role, the between the tackles role for the Redskins commanders, whatever the hell they're called now <laughs> with, um, with JD McKissick taking all of the passing down work or most of it. He's in there on third down. Now they add Brian Robinson, who's a smasher, right? And, and now you've got a guy who's a goal line smasher. Antonio Gibson has a major problems with the goal line, not been able to get the ball into the end zone. Now they're saying, hey, we're going to have a one-two punch with Gibson and Robinson on, in, on rounds between on rounds one and first and second down. Rounds, what am I saying? In the first and second down with McKissick coming, where are the fantasy points coming from? He's not going to be it's, in there on the goal line. Dude, um, I've done it probably 30, 35 best ball drafts. Literally this much. Zero Antonio Gibson. And then you got stuck with I him. I fade the, the shit out of him in the, in the Scott Fishbowl because I was, I mean, I, I, I'm happy with my team. I, I, I made my choices and I'm going to live with them and I'm going to work around it because that's what we do. We grind, baby. But Antonio Gibson, to your point, I mean, Brian Robinson, he basically only did what he did in his senior season at Alabama, but man, he had a hell of a season last year. He's, he could be the goal line guy. Tony Gibson did have the 10, whole, he, he could be I mean, the he's running okay. back too. No, he could take and, the job. Gibson no, always gets Gibson hurt. Is better. No, I mean, if Gibson's hurt, obviously, yeah. But so, I mean, here's the risk, right? So, Antonio Gibson, first, second down, Brian Robinson's going to spell him as a, as a breather back, but Jamie McKissick's still back there catching balls. Uh, Gibson only had about a 10% target share last year, which is better than some of the other running backs we talked about, like Nick Chubb and even Derrick Henry. But 10%, that's still, you want closer to 15, 16% to be really considered an, an asset in the passing game, which is kind of ironic because guess what he was? He wasn't a running back in, in college. We he all know this. He was, be a he was pass wide receiver. Catcher. But he, he hasn't receiver. he hasn't done it. Yeah. He hasn't done it. Even in games where McKissick was out. Like the disappointment is real. Now, I, I think maybe the Washington will be a better team once at, at the helm, like yeah. a more efficient kind of an offense, and, and there'll be more scoring opportunities. And maybe this will all be a moot point. It's possible. But like I said, you can't really say don't draft this guy without like mentioning who you could no. get a little bit later. And there are just other running backs. I I think I'd rather have Devin Singletary multiple rounds later. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Jamie I hate to Harris. say it. I hate to say it. Makes me a little feel a little gross. But but Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Damian Harris oh. is a starting running back. Damian Harris is everything that Antonio Gibson is and more on a better team for cheaper. Why not just take right. Damian Harris? He's literally everything that you want out of Antonio Brown 
uh, Antonio Gibson, but more on a better team that will score more frequently. Locked into the goal line work as well. Like, well, just take him. No. The same guy, except better. All right, here's another player I don't like, and I hate this guy. In round seven, you don't want to take them. Now, I hate this guy. I don't have hatred for any player. I like them all. They're all badasses. But Hunter Renfro, round seven ADP, and especially in an underdog, which is a half point PPR format, is yeah. particularly egregious. Listen, you cannot expect Hunter Renfro to do what he did last year, a target and volume monster. When the team added Devontae Adams and, and gets back a healthy Darren Waller, it just doesn't make sense. Hunter Renfro was a target of opportunity last year. There was no one else. They had no one else to throw to. Ruggs in jail for murder. Brian Edwards, complete bust. Waller, I feel like you wanted me to say something to that. No. Thank God, that was just like. I mean, what's more to say? Oh, like, what an asshole. Yeah, right. Yeah. What an asshole he is. Fucked yeah. up my dynasty team. Don't even get me started. But also, you know, fucked up his own life and other lives. So what a scumbag. And Waller was hurt. Brian Edwards, complete bust. And they had no one else to throw to. Zay Jones? Zay Jones actually did fine. I actually made some money with Zay, Zay Jones, Jones last year. Yeah, yeah, Zay Jones was fine. But, like, they had no one. So what ends up happening is they kept throwing to Hunter Renfro. And at some point, after 12 or 13 or 14 targets a game, he started putting up great scores because who wouldn't put up a great score when they have 14 targets? They even scored a couple of touchdowns. Now they got Devontae Adams. He's, he needs to be fed. He's hungry. He needs, oh, he's he needs, so hungry. He's very hungry. Right? Still elite. Darren Waller, if you like Darren Waller, I'm not super high on him, but if you like Darren Waller, Darren Waller's an eight, nine targets per game kind of guy. If if he's taking eight or nine targets and and Devontae Adams is getting eight or nine or 10 or 11 targets, there's not that much left for Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro's five targets, 55 yards. That's what you should expect. No touchdown, most weeks. Um, this is just not a spot. Again, he's going ahead of Alan Lazard. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why would you take Hunter Renfro, a non-touchdown scoring WR3, for the WR1 of Aaron Rodgers? What? What? Th these are donkeys. And this one change, just taking Lazard ahead of uh, Renfro, and my, uh, I don't want to talk about Michael Thomas with that upside. That that will that will cause you to win versus lose your league. That is a, a league losing decision. When you took Hunter Renfro ahead of an Alan Lazard was still on the board. Why? It makes no sense, Shane. It makes no this sense. is this is a nice zone for upside players like guys we talked about. You you could draft Drake London upside. Russell Wilson nice little spot for an upside QB. Trey Lance upside. Alan Lazard. Upside and probably pretty safe. Tony Pollard, safe upside. Floor. Yeah, you, you got yeah. your upside, guys. London. I want The last guy, I'm not going to warn people off this guy. I'm on him. Right. Uh oh Michael Thomas. On it. Yeah. Upside. You're talking about upside? I'll take my chances with Michael Thomas. Guys running around. Last year, I was off Michael Thomas. 
injured coming into the season, never came back. That was a great avoid. I think he's fine. <laughs> I think he might be healthy. I, I, I'll take. I'll roll the dice on Michael Thomas here at this part yeah. of the draft. This is where I take a shot on a guy with Jameis Winston, a real quarterback. Michael Thomas, there's no reason why if he comes back healthy, he won't smash this year. I'll take my shot on him in, in round the, seven. Yeah. over Definitely over Hunter Renfro. What the, Hunter oh, Renfro, sure. what are you, crazy? I mean, Michael Thomas, I mean, I got that Bunsen burner going. You know, I'm starting to heat up just a little bit on Michael Thomas. Because yeah. As the news comes hearing, out with Michael Thomas, he's going to yeah. shoot up the draft board. The he's fact that you're getting him in round seven now, if he's practicing yeah. with the team in three weeks from now, Michael Thomas is probably, the biggest. He's going to be he's going to be around four. Like he's going to yeah. move all the way from round seven. He'll make his way all the way up to round four. That's a bargain. I love that. I love getting the discounts. Yeah, now's the time. Yeah, one more player. Do we have another player in round seven? I got one more. We got to talk about one more. We got to talk about. Yeah, this one's tough, man. I he don't he doesn't want to draft him if he played fantasy football, which he doesn't because he's just a hater. It seems like. But Miles Sanders wouldn't draft Miles Sanders. So why should we draft Miles Sanders? He said to himself, yeah, I don't draft me on your fantasy team. I'm going to get you three points a week. And he pretty much has when he's actually been healthy. The thing is, is that I mean, when Michael Sanders or Miles Sanders does actually touch the ball, he looks reasonable. He looks okay. He looks fine. There's no upside. You're never going to know when to start him. He's depth as maybe as my RB5, but you're taking him around seven, which means you ain't getting your, your RB5 around seven. Because you're gonna have a pretty stacked one-sided team at that point. So avoid Miles Sanders, draft some of these other players, and just Kevin, it doesn't have to be hard. Just don't draft these guys. Yeah, with with Sanders, like you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, fool me three times, shame on ever. This will be the fourth time. This yeah. will be the fourth time. I drafted Miles Sanders as a rookie in a couple of in one dynasty league that I'm in, and he's yet to have a productive year. So like you know, when you draft him and he went third overall in the dynasty rookie draft that season, right after I think Darius Geis was number two that year. Oops. Uh, Josh Sonny Jacobs Michelle. Was class. Oh, was that that class? All right. Josh, so Josh no, I'm Jacobs thinking of, class, it was yeah. Sonny Michelle and Geis. I, I don't remember, but I have him and he's been a disappointment machine. You know, he was drafted high. We thought he was going to be great, but he just can't put it together. Is this the year he puts it together? I don't think so. I don't even think the Doubt Eagles it. love him. They keep, you know, it's what the Eagles always did. They kept bringing in Jordan Howard. They'd bring in a fatty for the goal line work. They'd bring in Kenneth Gainwell for the passing game work. And yeah. basically, Miles Sanders is a hyped up Antonio Gibson, a guy who will only get the ball between the 20s. That That's, you know, that's Frank Gore. That's, that's yardage, no scores, no touchdowns, no fantasy points for you. Fuck him. Don't draft that. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I'd rather take my chances with Clyde Edwards Hilaire in round eight. Go. Now, speaking of round eight, I think <laughs> we'll, we'll close out the show. We'll close this one out, the breakdown with round eight. So this will be the last round because after this, it's a lot of upside. You filled out your starting lineup. You're just filling up your bench. So, but there are some avoids in round eight and some great picks in round eight, to be honest. So round eight starts with Kadarius Tony. Then Dak Prescott, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, TJ Hawkinson, Brandon Ayuk, Damian Harris, aforementioned, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, interesting upside, Chris Olave, Rashad Penny, Kareem Hunt, Matthew Stafford, and Traylon Burke. So yeah. that is your round eight group. Now, for me, yeah, the biggest avoid, and I like this round 
all those names were actually pretty decent. We talked about Damian Harris being like a better Antonio Gibson a few rounds later. Mm -hmm. I can get a starting running back for a team that gets goal line work this late. I'm in, you know, um, Traylon Burks, a lot of upside, a lot of negativity has Mm -hmm. driven him down. A lot of upside. Chris Olave, maybe the most NFL ready um, wide receiver to come out of the draft. Rashad Penny, the starting running back for his team this year. There's a lot of good picks in round eight. He's the starter. Damian Harris and Rashad Penny are the starting running backs on their team. Mm-hmm. They're available in round eight. Pretty good. My my avoid, and I love Kadarius Tony. He's one of my favorite late late picks. My big avoid for this round, though, and I don't see almost any path to a very good season for this player. There's like no version of the way the season plays out where I'm like, oh, wow, he had a great year. <laughs> and that's Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver, Interesting. San Francisco 49ers. Where is the scenario where we already talked about the, the, the passing volume would be so low. It's barely going to be enough to support Debo Samuel. There's just no room here. Then you've got George Kittle as the second wide receiver on the team. So now you're bringing in on a team that's only going to throw 25 times a game. You're talking about the WR3 who only got six or seven targets last season per game under with a with without a running quarterback with with a passing quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. So Brandon Ayuk for me is a full avoid this year. Listen, you know, again, talent is very good. He's a very talented wide receiver. But he's just the third wheel on a low volume offense. I don't see the upside. I'd rather take my chances with Martez Valdez Scantling or Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like you might say Martez Valdez Scantling is garbage. All right. Probably is, but you know, he's on the Chiefs and yeah. he's gonna start and he's fast and he runs really fast. I'll take so, that. So to, yeah, so for me, I mean I wouldn't necessarily say draft Brandon Ayuk, but I'm also saying don't draft Brandon Ayuk. I'm I'm okay, I'm fine with where he's going here as a wide receiver 43. I mean, it's all upside. And I mean, we're we're around eight. This is the nitpick territory, yeah. right? And and to me, the guy that I just don't really feel comfortable drafting in this round is Marcus Veldis Scantling. I mean, he didn't do anything with Aaron Rodgers, who was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And, and yes, the early reports are in the OTAs, hey, MVS is playing great. But yeah, I mean, he's in pads. He hasn't done any, anything in the NFL. And yes, he's a quick, he's a field stretcher. He's got the 4.37 speed, but they just drafted this guy more, who's 4.41, you know? But Cole Hardman is still there. He's a speedster. He stinks. If so. they were to, I was thinking maybe they could play. MVS in the slot is like a big slot. He paid 62% of his snaps in the slot. But then Juju is probably going to play the slot. So uh, Sky Moore profiles as a slot wide receiver. So I just don't really see – I just don't like the fit. I mean, it's it's a bunch of wide receivers that are kind of redundant on this team. I don't, though, I don't kinda, see him – interesting. Yeah, he's been shooting up draft boards. Like that yeah. hype out of the preseason has yeah, actually – OTA hypes, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he was – I liked him a lot better. Number one, the reason – I think I actually think his his uh, ADP will be different on the NFFC. I think he's You're a right. best ball yeah. guy. I think a lot of people like I like Martez Valdez Valdez Scantling in best ball because mm-hmm. the style of receiver that he is will probably produce a couple of pop games. But mm-hmm. he's definitely not. You're if you're in a season long league, and this is where I think you're going with this, Shane. If you're in a season long mm-hmm. league where you have to make a sit start decision at wide receiver, you're never. He won't be in your lineup. Yeah. When he pops off, he's just not going to be there because he's going to be low volume and very much dependent on big play. So um, 
I don't think he'll be in your lineup in your regular season long league. And that's, that, no. that's a challenge. But again, I, you know, it's nitpicky here. To it's me, nitpicky. like the sweet spot for MVS would be like round 10, you know, like uh, to me that that's okay. I'm willing to take a shot on this. And even in my season long league, cause you're just, you, you're building upside on your bench, right. In season long leagues, but in best ball round eight, I get it. That's, that's actually really sharp. To your I'll point. give you it's probably a best ball thing. I'll but, give you a player. Like you can get a full yeah. round later. Yeah. Like, Here's you want to talk about a reason not to take this guy. Robert Woods is available like 12 or 13 picks later. Is the WR one uncontested for his team? Now, wherever they end up at the end of the year, irrelevant, you could get a locked in WR one for a team low volume versus like one guy in the mix of four wide receivers for their team. And there are four guys on the chiefs that might get targets. Sky Moore, Juju, um, Valdez, Scantling, and and Hardman. There, there's a lot of guys there. We're not sure who's going to actually emerge as like a prime target, if any of them will. And it's mostly Travis Kelsey anyway. But if any of them will, so yeah, I'm 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 down with that argument. I, I could get off of um, Valdez, Scantling in that spot. Um, all right, I think I think we're going to wrap it up there. Those are your players to avoid in 2022. First eight rounds. You know, beyond here. There's no point in really getting to avoids. There's a fucking lot of avoids, and we start to get into <laughs> sleepers that we want to target. Yeah. So we'll yeah. kind of come back with that. But for Flex Shane, for myself, we'll see you guys next time with more bull calls. Deuces. Deuces.